The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning, everyone. Vietnam included. <laughs> I was gonna scream "Good morning, Vietnam," but then I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Doesn't really fit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great line though. Great, great film. Great film. I'm Chris Yao. Mo Patton here with you on this Thursday. Welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you live from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters here in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome in to our friends over in Franklin County, WZYX. Appreciate you guys joining us this morning. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about here on the show. Although, the high school sports... Um, front schedule wise, obviously a little bare on a Wednesday and Thursday, but that's okay. Had some really good news come out yesterday. Uh, some interesting stuff that we have on sm-tnsports.com. Got a full story on a couple of things. Looking forward to today's press conference down in Mount Pleasant as they introduce new head football coach Kit Hartsfield. That's going to be a lot of fun. You can hear that live on 1017 WKOM again at 1.30. Maybe a little before, I think. Maybe just a tad before. A couple of minutes before, perhaps. So, a little, uh, little commentary. A little commentary. It'll also be live on our Twitter, hopefully. If uh, if, if we can figure out the technologicals, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, at SM underscore TN Sports. So, plenty of... Uh, of of cool stuff today. Again, you can hear the press conference live on KOM. You can watch it hopefully on our Twitter. You can do whatever you know, whatever makes you happy, whatever works for you. That's why we're here to make your life easier and to give you all the information on high school, local colleges. And speaking of, we have a really cool guest today as Lipscomb Boys Men's. Basketball coach Lenny Acuff. It's it's hard to make that distinction when you're so used to high school. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say men's basketball coach. Uh, but Lenny Acuff will join us in the ten o'clock hour. And and we can't talk to Lenny Acuff about Lipscomb University basketball without talking about former Columbia Academy standout, all-time scoring leader Carson Carey. <laughs> <laughs> 
and walk on. And his scholarship status. Yeah. He's not going to want to talk to us after that. He's going to be like, really? You're going to ambush me this morning? We, we may have to make that the last question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so man. that if we do get hung up on, then we're done with them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a really good show. Again, uh, one of the stories that we have on sm-tnsports.com, speaking of Columbia Academy, is they are going to be on television, high school hoops on My TV 30 next week. Pretty exciting. That's that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that My TV 30 has. Uh, do they normally do this? Because I don't remember them. They have done this the last few years. Um, I know they do Fridays, but well, yeah, they they typically do Fridays. And talking to Jeff Ham, the the play by play announcer for them, who does Nashville Sounds baseball during the summer when they play, um, he said that they typically do six to eight games a year. Hmm. And they typically do them on Friday, but they I guess they are a little late getting started this time, so they open with this one, and then they will do Fridays pretty much the rest of the regular season, ideally. Yeah, it'll be uh, at Christ Presbyterian Academy over on Old Hickory, close to... Where they are only allowing one person per player into the gym, so... Either mama or daddy gets to pick. You know, flip that coin. Goodness gracious. Yeah. You might just want to stay home and watch this one on the on the telly. Have the best seat in your house. I mean, it's not a uh it's not a small gym. I mean it's not huge, but it's not small. You one would think that two would be a, at least doable. But if you can't it, it I think it yeah, I'm I just stay home. Just stay home. Watch stay it home. on TV. Listen to Jeff Him. He's fantastic. I mean, old Hickory Boulevard at that time of day is no fun anyway. You're telling me like I don't drive it every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, that's a daily occurrence for me, and it's not fun. You're right. It's not fun in the morning. It's not fun in the evening. It's really just not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> because I don't understand the four lane, two lane, four lane, two lane. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Like just because I get confused. I, I'm in one lane. And then I got to be in the other lane, and then later I'm in the the right lane because that's the lane you're supposed to drive in. Except. Oh, except it's going to close, so mm-hmm. now you got to get back. It's a whole, it's it's an ordeal, and I don't Stay like. Stay away it. from Old Hickory if you can. The folks in Winchester are like, we don't we don't care. Right. We're good. Yeah. They have plenty of four lane roads down there. They do, like all the four lane roads, but they also had a lot more land. <laughs> To build them all. It's <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> so it's a lot easier to build four lane roads when you have plenty of real estate. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so my TV thirty, and that will start at seven thirty. Seven thirty uh, on Tuesday. That's next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Definitely check the nineteenth. It's and one. That's it's one of two huge games that we know of on the nineteenth because um, down in eleven a. Or is it 12A? I think it's 12A, actually. 12A down in Lawrence County. The Mustangs and the Eagles have their first hardwood meeting of the season. It is 12, yeah. Yeah. And um, the top-ranked Mustangs and the also-receiving votes Eagles in the nightcap there after the top-ranked Lady Mustangs and the number three Lady Eagles get things started. That is going to be 
incredible. And, you know, we talked to Katie Embry a few weeks ago, and she had said something about because of the COVID restrictions that were being applied by the TSSAA, that there was a possibility they were going to try to move that game to Monday at the Ralph Benson Gymnasium on the campus of Lawrence County High School. I've not heard anything more about that. Let's go to our Lawrenceburg correspondent, <laughs> J.P. Plant, for any developments along those those lines. This just in, Mo. I have not heard anything more about that. Back to you. <laughs> Oh man, short and sweet. I like <laughs> no, I, it. I do. I do think we're on schedule for Tuesday, Tuesday at, at as normal. That's yes, I believe that's where we are. All I'm saying is, mm. if you happen to wander in the gymnasium, they're probably not going to turn you away. <sighs> I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that if you happen to walk in the gymnasium, mm. they're probably not going to turn you away, even in a pandemic. I, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut on that one. But uh, right. if you happen to walk in the gym, they probably are not going to turn you away. Enter, now, enter at your own peril, I, I, I will I really, say. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. I mean, and at least one of the three of us will be there. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so what you're saying is if you want to be there, you probably can be there. I, so. I, I, I think so. Now – I don't know how they're doing things in Summertown. I don't know if they're writing folks down or if they're letting the kids tell them their parents and siblings' names. I, I don't know how it's working. But I would be curious to see it anyway. That one is a small gym. Mm-hmm. So if that if that game gets moved, it, I don't I don't think it will. I think you're going to see it at Summertown. So that's on Tuesday as well. That will start at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So, again, great show lined up. Um, We will talk to our friends down at WZYX on the other side of this first break. Short rundown today. Not a lot to to tell you about. No games from last night. few games uh, to tonight that we will tell you about. So, let's go ahead and... Give them tonight's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Handful of doubleheaders tonight in District 8 AAA play. Lawrence County travels to Shelbyville. A non-district matchup has Santa Fe going to Fairview. And in Division 2 District 3, Providence Christian comes to Columbia Academy tonight. Zion Christian is hosting a doubleheader tonight as the boys will kick things off at 430 Against Middle Tennessee Christian in a makeup game, the Zion Christian girls will host Agathos Classical at 6 p.m. The Richland boys are traveling over to Watertown. Franklin County boys go to Coffee County, and Fayetteville hosts the Madison Academy Alabama Mustangs in a interstate matchup. So that is your. Thursday rundown here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And as we said just a moment ago, we'll talk to our friends down at WZYX on the other side of the break. Also, later in the show, Lenny Acuff, Lipscomb men's basketball coach, will join us. 
Now at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, some NFL coaching rumors getting hot and heavy as coaching searches get underway and continue and lots of rumors flying out there that we are confused about. So we'll tell you about all of that and obviously we'll get into some more high school, college, pro and a special guest next week that uh, we're excited to tell you about who will join us on Monday. So a lot of fun. Stay tuned with us on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call Welcome back in as we join you at 23 minutes past the 9 o'clock hour as JP tries to knock over his lamp. Rearranging some furniture over here. (laughs) Watch out, Hans. Watch out. (laughs) He got spirit fingers this morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's knocking stuff off the desk. I'm really excited about our next guest. Hey, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yes. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and & Joint. And really excited to talk to our next guest because our friends down in Franklin County are very near and dear to our hearts. And we appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, down there on WZYX, really excited to bring in a familiar voice, one that you've heard this morning already, and that is Mr. Al Clark. Columbia native. Columbia native. Al Clark. Welcome in to the show for a second week in a row. You were so good last week, we had to bring you back. <laughs> well, Funny, he's probably saying the same thing about us. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here. Excited to uh, have you guys on the air here. We've gotten some good responses here, so you guys are going over well in this uh, market, as they say. That That's great to know, Al. We appreciate that. Um, some big doings down in Winchester tonight as um, – well, not in Winchester in all technicalities. Franklin County travels to Coffee County for a big um, 
District 8 AAA matchup, and um, the Rebels looking to um, snap a little bit of a skid here. Yeah, you know, we've had some tough luck the last uh, couple of games, uh, <clears throat> and uh, we're, we're able to get by Columbia Central very narrowly, as we talked about previously on January the 5th. Uh, we follow that up. This is the boys now. Mm-hmm. We follow that up with a uh, another uh, down-to-the-wire matchup that went into overtime against Shelbyville Central. And uh, that was January the 8th. Did not do as well. Did not come out of that game as well as we wanted to, but it was it was still highly contested and the Anderson kid from Shelbyville Central, I mean, he just really stood out in that game. He was all over. It was unbelievable some of the shots he made. Um, they did win that one in uh, overtime. Uh, hated to lose that one because we were right in it just like we were in the Columbia game. And then uh, January the 12th this week, Tuesday night, uh, we had a similar matchup down in Fayetteville against Lincoln County. Once again, an overtime game that was tied at 69 at the end of the regular season. And you never knew throughout that regular, that, uh, regular time, uh, who was going to end. They could tell it was going to be who had the ball last, who went to the foul line the most, and it ended up with a, uh, Jalen Brown three pointer to tie it at 69 at the final seconds. Rebels had a chance to, to, to you know, take the lead, but couldn't do it. Went into overtime, and um, Lincoln County uh, wound up um, winning that one. Uh, hated to lose that one. And tonight we've got a makeup game. Uh, we had uh, traveled to Coffee County on December eleventh. The boys could not play that night; they were under a quarantine. We we lost the girl games the girls game to Bella Vincent and the rest of the of the Coffee County girls team and um, so tonight it's the boys contest and uh, we, we need you know we need to come out on top of one of these games that are so very close um, so yeah it is a big one it's a boys only game at 6pm you can hear it on WZYX uh, 94.5 FM, uh, we'll tip it off at six o'clock. And you know, but I wanted, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to ask you guys if you've noticed something because I've noticed something in the last. We didn't really have an issue with a Tullahoma High School uh, loss that we took on the boys' side. Uh, they were clearly um, the better team that night. Um, but these games with. Uh, Columbia Central, Shelbyville, Lincoln County were so highly contentious. And I guess that was because it was so close. But, I mean, I have never seen so many technical fouls called. Uh, really? Uh, so yeah. so you're saying that so is tempers flaring or yeah. Uh, yeah. just, just it, it, intensiveness? It's really, it's really intense. Tempers flaring, technical fouls called, or, some complaints about officiating. And, I can't imagine that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So I, have you guys seen the same thing this year? Is it just these teams that I'm watching and calling, or is it something that's going around? You know, you know, I've not. I think I've seen one double tech this year, which I hate double technicals anyway. But that's another story for another day. But I think I've only seen. Yeah, just leave one, it be. Yeah, if if you can't figure out who started it, leave it alone. Um, I've only seen yeah. that one situation that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, um, actually, Chris and I were talking earlier this week about. I'm not sure that officiating, well, from the stands, people have seemed to have less issues with officiating. Now, we have talked to a coach who said that opponents had shot like 80 free throws against him in two games. We we won't mention his name. but um, He was talking about Tullahoma, though. Yeah, so, you know, I guess (laughs) it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. I've noticed, okay. Al, from the stands' perspective, coaches and players. I mean, I I think you're right. I think a lot of it probably is just close games. You're gonna see, you know, players playing especially hard in those close games because it could come down to that one possession. But from the stands' perspective, I think because everybody is spread out, like I said, you know who said it. So the folks in the stands well, are being a little quieter. <laughs> In, in, well, that was not the case in our Shebbeville game because an official got so tired of, of the mouthing of uh, one uh, a Shebbeville fan that he called the athletic director over. He pointed him out and he said, you got to get him. I don't know. They, well, like I said, he knew they, who it was because they yeah, were spread yeah. out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> They're a lot and easily. He ended up moving to another location in the, in the bleachers. They didn't really have to take him out of the gym, but, I mean, it got that bad. So, I mean, I, I just maybe something with these teams in particular, it sure makes it exciting, but it also makes it, uh, I don't know. It's I, just. That's eight triple A for you, man. It's what we're going to miss. That is. Yeah. 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 And, Unless we schedule these games as. Oh, I um, think. I think they'll be scheduled. Yeah, I think they're going to be scheduled. They may not necessarily have the same edge they because the they're not. Rate. Yeah, but but mm-hmm. I think they're still going to get scheduled. So if 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 I may add a little um, opinion to this, Al, uh, to your question, no, uh, <laughs> I, I I do think. Oh, now he wants to talk. Yeah, I do. <laughs> now, now he wants to come in here. I do, okay. I do think that there is um, across the spectrum so much pent up anxiety mm-hmm. energy from multiple things uh the pandemic uh the political climate so many things missing that, games missing games mm-hmm. uh school you know being on remote hybrid in in class you know, whatever the case may be there's so much i think an anxious energy out there that it may be coming out in a little more forceful way once they get an opportunity because the opportunities to get the energy out, I think, have been fewer and far farther between. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, you know, we have two uh, two games coming up tonight. Uh, actually, we've got uh, tonight against Coffee Boys only. Then um, we've got uh, Lawrence County on the nineteenth, uh, followed by Tullahoma. Um, and, you know, I'll let you know how the Coffee County uh, thing and the Lawrence County things come out. Uh, they've got a really good the girls' team down in Lawrence County this year. 
And um, I'll keep you informed on whether it was just a trend with these two or three teams that I mentioned or uh, if it's if it's bigger than that um, because of some of the things that J.P. pointed out. It's just, I don't know, I've never seen back-to-back games in which technicals, multiple technicals were uh, were called and enforced and, at, at both locations, so. We'll see. Hey, let me switch to a piece of good news here from Franklin County. Uh, our our bowling coach at Franklin County High School. I know they have Columbia has bowling mm-hmm. coach uh, bowling program as well. Uh, has done a real good name. He, he his name is John Vanderman and uh, been coaching for four years. And the last couple of years, he's taken uh, some kids to the state championships. Um, and we've got three more going this year next week in Smyrna. Uh, the 21st through the 23rd to the state championships again. Um, Paul McCray is a senior. Um, uh, Haley Powell is a senior female girl, and uh, Annika Forniker is a junior. Um, you know, Paul, Paul's got a 222 overall average. Uh, the girls are in the 170s, and uh, they'll be going back to uh, the state championship again for the second year in a row. Same three went last year. And so I talked to John about that today, and, and uh, that that's a piece of really good news to get those people. Uh, Paul plays tennis for me also here, and uh, he's uh, accepted a, a scholarship to uh, Savannah College of, of Arts and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Scad. Scad. So yep. We all know what so Scad is. <laughs> so we're going to nickname him Scad in the tennis season. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's how he's going to be now. Um, Haley has signed a scholarship to Lincoln Memorial U. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Anna is a junior, so she's got another year to go. There, but, are, worse, uh, there are worse places to go to school than Savannah, Georgia. They no ain't that the truth. That, that is, uh, that's, and you know that, Scad is scattered all over the city of Savannah. They got several buildings there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a neat place to be. But uh, so glad that they were. Hey, great in Savannah, Georgia. There you go. Beautiful on place. The beach, uh, yeah, in Tybee. In church, uh, yeah, we got married on the beach at Tybee. Did you? Yeah. Well, the, the Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> the Holiday Inn. Express. I noticed you put that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you speak from experience, Al. <laughs> Yeah, I know how that is. <laughs> hey, hey. It doesn't matter if she says yes, and I do. It don't That's matter right. where you get married. <laughs> That's all it takes. There you go. It depends on how much money you want to spend. That's or right. She's going to spend or whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, you know, bowling has around here has really kind of taken off a little bit. We've we've had some a little success from individuals around uh, Columbia. So it, bowling is a really cool sport when you, you, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's kind of like tennis and, um, uh, the, the golf where, you know, you may have a, a so-so team, but you've got one really good player. So mm-hmm. that, I, I like the individuality of some of that, like wrestling too, mm-hmm. where if, you know, the individual is able to, to compete for a state championship, even if, the team is not. Yeah, Columbia Central's had some teams and some individuals won some some hardware here over the last little bit, and we need to check in with them and see where they yeah, are you know, those, in this mix. Those those quote unquote minor sports or or spring sports or whatever they 
tend to not get a lot of attention, but uh, there's already some good things happening there. You mentioned wrestling. We're going to host the uh, district uh, wrestling tournament uh, Saturday the 23rd over here at Franklin County High School. That's just an FYI. Um, I'm wondering how you broadcast wrestling. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that because I was you at. You have a wrestling expert. I know that. I was at NBA on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday night, and they had broadcasting commentators for their video on NFHS. And yeah. the one of the broadcasters, a former NBA state wrestling champion. So, yes, you would probably need someone who is uh, well, well versed. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in wrestling to be able to to handle that so yeah uh you're you're right but it's um there, it's never without action put it that way no. even when even right. when they're slapping each other in the head trying to you know just trying to get some 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 grip it's uh <laughs> it's still never without action it's one thing to do well, it on tv al but are, are yeah. you looking to try to do it on radio well, the thing about it is, the thing about it is, is in, in a district tournament, there's multiple matches going on. You know, there's mats all over the place. You may have multiple buildings that you're in. You know, they don't just do one at a time. It's it's several. You know, weight classifications and there. You know, there's a lot going on. It's it's a lot of moving parts during that. You know, so it'd be kind of complicated. But, uh, it would you know. be. It would be. You know, be, before you got to the placement matches, it would be darn near impossible to, yeah, to do it right. justice. I mean, unless you were just focused on one particular team or that type thing. So it it would be a heck of an undertaking. But I tell you, the folks that are in that community appreciate any effort to um, expose and promote their sport. As a Absolutely. wrestling parent, I can I can tell you that. So, um, well, so it's ha- like Marion Wilhoy's guidance years ago. It's all about names, getting names out there, getting names on the radio, making sure you pronounce it right. And you know, grandma's at home, and she can hear her grandson or granddaughter uh, being recognized, uh, you know, publicly over the airways. And that's a big part of it. But, yeah. Uh, you know, hey, we got challenges, but uh, we can all overcome them. Might be an interesting approach. Absolutely. Sure. Hey, well, also, we're proud to host it this year. That should be fun. Um, mentioned Franklin County's upcoming basketball exploits. Huntland has a district matchup tomorrow at Moore County, and then they host Forest on Saturday in a non-district doubleheader. Is that correct, Al? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, the Hornets yeah. trying to get some positive momentum going, um, having yeah, lost Tuesday at Eagleville. They dropped their sixth game uh, just this past uh, Tuesday and uh, struggling to get back in. I'm talking about the boys now. Yeah. Of course, Kobe Stewart is quite an athlete down there as a part of just about everything they do, and he was a Mr. Football finalist, I believe, and <clears throat> made the. Uh, the Sports Riders Association uh, All-State team is one of the three running backs there. He, he's quite an athlete. They'll miss him when he's gone. But he, they managed to have uh, some uh, really, really good athletes uh, year in and year out. You know, the smaller schools have 
they can compete with starters that may not be very deep. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't go very deep in, on the bench, some of them. Uh, but uh, they compete at a real high level at the Moore counties and the, and the Huntlands and that sort of thing. We, uh, I, I broadcast uh, two years of Moore County football, and it was just amazing the support they have, the uh, level of play, um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's remarkable. They do well. <laughs> Moore County certainly likes their high school athletics. That's that's for sure. As do, as as much as Murray County and Franklin County. I mean, it's high school sports is what brings community together, and that is why we are here. Yep. It's why you do what you do. It's why we do what that's we right. do, and we appreciate all that you are doing to further uh, these high school athletes and their exposure down at WZYX Broadcasting Games and, of course, your show on Thursday at 8 a.m. If you are so inclined to listen, if you're in Columbia and you want to listen, you can listen online. And uh, But, yeah, that, you have a show each week at 8 o'clock from 8 to 9. That precedes this one. And yep. uh, we appreciate it, man. Sure. Enjoy doing it. Thanks oh. for the opportunity here, guys. Absolutely. That is Al Clark from WZYX. Thanks for your time this morning, man. We really appreciate it. We will talk to you again soon. Okay. Have a good day. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into some college basketball news uh, after we give you the the individual championship uh, qualifiers for bowling, as I have them pulled up here. Uh, Columbia Academies, Connor Butt, Foster Eisenberg, and Austin Kimes all qualified. Austin Kimes, the Martin Methodist signee. Um, So he will be part of that Division II state tournament. And uh, in the individual Division I, uh, Columbia Central's Jacob Molassi Mm -hmm. nailed it. Uh, sophomore from for the of, for the Lions, averaged two hundred six point twenty four on the year, so he uh, he has qualified for the individual state bowling tournament. So, and that is next week over at Smyrna. Is that right? Thursday, that, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That is in fact next week. Uh, it will be. Let's see here. The individual Division One tournament will be the twentieth. Through the twentieth, <laughs> through yeah, <laughs> and uh, the vision two will be the twenty first through the twenty second. So I'm not sure why there's two days there, but there are. According to this, I, I mean, the schedule has Saturday. Uh, the boys and girls team tournaments are at nine o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, the individuals will be uh, on Thursday, and the individual. D2. Championships D two championships will be on Friday. So, okay, there you go. That's just some quick information. But yeah, on the other side of the break, we'll talk about some college hoops and some comments made by one particular coach. So stay tuned on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. 
Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Yes. Here's Chris. He's right here on West 7th in Columbia, Tennessee, bringing you Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. We're happy to be with you here on this Thursday as we prepare for several... um, high school hoops action and we failed to mention uh in the rundown but we definitely need to mention a huge rivalry match tonight over at summit high school the border battle takes to the mats (laughs) so let me let me throw this out there because this is is interesting information so when Alabama and Auburn play in other sports. There is this small contingency of fans who like to call it the Iron Bowl of insert sport here. (laughs) And it really annoys me because the Iron Bowl is a football game. Right. So So everything else is just Alabama Auburn as far as you're concerned. Right. I mean it's not the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl is a football game. has a specific meaning. I mean, and to be honest, it's not the Iron Bowl anymore. Mo, did you see the uh, semantic police badge when he walked in this morning? I didn't. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he conceals it. My my point <laughs> is, it's concealed carry. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people get really angry about this. And, it, and now, when you say it's not the Iron Bowl anymore, is that because it's not at a neutral site? It's, it's not, not in, in Birmingham, Birmingham, which is the reason it was called the Iron so Bowl. So should it just be the Iron Bowl matchup? It then? should be the Alabama-Auburn game. <laughs> Why do you want to take that away from folks? Because if it, it doesn't make sense anymore. Do you know how many things in this world don't, don't make, make sense? sense? Yes, I do. And that, and they that bothers you. Me. <laughs> Every single one of them. 
make it up, make it make sense. Yeah. Sarah and I were talking about that this yesterday and this morning. She's like, the thing that frustrates me more than anything are things I can't make sense of because I need things to make sense in my head or I don't understand it. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but that's one cool thing about the way that they they named these rivalries in Williamson County: Battle of Eight Forty, uh, Border Battle, Battle of Franklin, Battle of Franklin, uh, Battle of the Woods. They didn't make them sport specific. Mm-hmm. So Border Battle takes it's, to the mats tonight. Yep. And Independence Tom, travels to Summit. They 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 take the long three and a half mile trek down you know what though <laughs> that three and a if you catch it at the right time that three and a half mile trek can be pretty dang long it's brutal i'm just have you ever driven down 31 into spring hill through thompson station at about four o'clock in the afternoon it's been a long time but i know it's rough i can tell you this whatever time the, the match is scheduled for it probably ain't going to happen on time <laughs> and that ain't then and that necessarily and that's is not a, wrestling, a wrestling related fault. yeah 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 <laughs> Senior night for the Spartans. Uh oh. We know what happened the last time they wrestled on a senior night. They won. <laughs> they beat NBA on uh, NBA on senior night. There we go. So <laughs> so they'll be hoping to not have a similar outcome. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah. Should be fun. Should be interesting. Always interesting when those two wrestling programs get together. Oh, they're very good very good wrestling programs so all right real quick before we get to the top of the hour because we are going to uh, we, we are going to get into college hoops here um and I, I want to preface this by saying we don't typically talk a lot of college hoops on this show but uh on what was it two days ago on January 9th, no, okay, this is last week. On January 9th, Saturday. Uh, Kentucky's basketball team uh, all together uh, took a knee during the national anthem at Florida. And uh, apparently, Coach John Calipari said the team approached him 90 minutes before the game and asked to kneel during the national anthem. And he responded by simply asking why. And this is what he had to say. Minutes before the game, the guys came to me and said, we want to kneel. And I said, wait a minute, tell me what this is about, why? And it was all the images that they they saw. And they wanted their, their to have their voice heard. And I said, well, tell me what it's about. Um, they talked to me about it. And then they said, we, we'd like you to kneel with us, which I did. I held my heart, but I, I did kneel with them because I support the guys. But it wasn't about military. Six of these players, and I'm not even counting Olivier, six of these players come from military families. Either their father was in the military, their brother, their uncle, their, a couple of them, their grandfathers. They were in the military. This wasn't about the military. You know, Mitch and I have talked. Mitch Barnhart comes from a military family. This is not. We are supportive of all those things, and our school is. So it was the, the Mitch that he mentioned is Kentucky Athletics Director Mitch Barnhart, who has not taken the measures that Calipari has since taken to, you know, kind of distance himself from the players' decision to kneel during the anthem, 
in the aftermath of the backlash from various Kentucky or various members of the Kentucky fan base, I guess. Um, You've seen videos of folks burning UK t-shirts and you've heard proposals by lawmakers of withdrawing financial support from the university if they can't get this under control and you can draw your own conclusions as to what is meant by that phrase but you know it's the problem is not what he just said that was that was fine no no the problem is what he said afterwards uh when he talked with uh some other reporters we've had a talk since then about you don't need to speak you need to have action how do you bring people together how do you make a difference not just how do you make a statement they're 18 years old they're learning these kids are good kids they've got good hearts this political time probably not a real good time to do it when is a good time to do it if not now when that's the question the way that you just posed it almost sounds like you said don't do it but what what I say is, if not now, when? Well, I think the whole premise of a protest is to draw attention, to raise awareness. Well, and, correct and, to be and a, to and be a, heard. And a protest by nature is going to make some folks uncomfortable. That's the whole. I, that's I mean, the whole. Is that not the com- definition of a protest? If people are comfortable with your protest, and you're probably doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. So you need to up your protest game. All <laughs> right, but in a peaceful way. And what's more peaceful yep. than silently kneeling? I mean, what what is it that you 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 would hope that the 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 big idea of this is to generate conversation, which we are now having, putting it out. But the problem the is, air. we're having the wrong conversation. Could be, yeah. Oh, we're definitely having the wrong conversation because we're talking fault. because we're talking about the protest and we're not talking about what they're protesting. Okay. Do we know what they were protesting other than the images they have seen? Is that what, I mean, that's yeah, what he said? I, yeah, I think it was related to the... I'll tell you what Keon Brooks said. We mm-hmm. came together as leaders of the team and decided this is something we wanted to do to take a stand to what we are seeing in the world today. It's a lot of it's stuff. That, everything. It's a lot of stuff that goes on every day that we knelt for. The Capitol, that stuff had a part to play in it. But there are some other things we don't see that go on every day that are unacceptable that we want to take a stand against. That's also a Keon Brooks quote. So, I mean, that's the thing is the kneeling during the national anthem is perfectly fine by me i mean that's it's on you because as a person who believes in personal liberty and personal uh, responsibility i believe that that's your right and people fought and died in for this country to give you that right um whether or not me or you or the listener or mo whether or not we agree with it that doesn't matter um if you are the coach of this team you don't try to pass it off as youthful ignorance no because that's undermining their message what they're doing and their personal freedoms so and and i mean struggle you you've either got to get with your kids and figure out what it is that they're trying to get across and help them get across or just shut up or i mean do what what he he did and then shut up 
Yeah. He did the right thing. He knelt with he them. He did the right thing. Pr- and asked them why. But according to that, he still, did the right thing. He said the wrong thing. He should afterwards. have said nothing. Yeah. yeah because again, that just that just talked to them. It, yep. Anyway, we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today with Lenny Acuff, Lipscomb men's basketball coach, right after this. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Six minutes past the 10 o'clock hour, and we are with you here in Columbia, Tennessee, coming to you from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters on West 7th. Welcome in our friends down in Franklin County on WZYX. Appreciate you guys sticking around for the second hour of the show because we have a very special guest coming up on uh, on our show here. And, you know, yesterday we talked with um, Dugan Line from Martin Methodist, and they are having a fantastic season down in Pulaski, but also continuing the Recent success of late Lipscomb men's basketball having a pretty good year themselves. And to join us this morning to talk about it is their head men's basketball coach, Lenny Acuff. Coach, welcome in. Hey, good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you asking me, and it's a pleasure to be on. Coach Acuff, um, what is this, year three for you now? Year two, uh, uh, the last 10 months seemed like 10 years, but it has been, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's year two. So, uh, I got here, um, got to Lipscomb, uh, be two years in April. So we're not even quite to two years yet. It's the second season. Second <laughs> season. You're, got, you're right. It, got, it, it does feel like longer. Um, eight and six overall, three and one in a sun competition this season. Um, that one loss the second half of a, literal home and home because both games were at Allen Arena series against Liberty. So, um, you know, with everything that's going on this season, coach, what's your level of pleasure, I guess, with what you guys have been able to get done to this point? 
that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I tell you, it, it has been uh, – this is my 31st year as a head coach in college. And like all of us, I've never experienced anything close to what the last 10, minutes, 10 months have brought to us, um, guys. It's just been a real challenge. We, uh, we play in the finals of our conference tournament at Liberty on Sunday. I think it was the 7th or 8th of March. And then on that Wednesday following, uh, that's when the kind of the whole world went upside down, the 10th or 11th of March. And, um, and, and it really, like a lot of us, it, it affected our team tremendously because I didn't see our guys from March the 10th until August. I think it was the 12th or 13th we came back to school. And, you know, normally, you, you know, the spring is a big time of development, you know, particularly when you have a lot of young and new guys on your team. And then the summer is huge for us. So we lost all of that. And, and then, uh, when we got back in the fall, we, we've had a really, really rough run with the COVID. I mean, we've had, we, we, we played our last four games as the first time we've had our whole team. Uh, our first, um, I guess we're eight and six, our first 10 games, we had a fragmented team and a lot of guys that were playing that had just come out of quarantine or, uh, isolation. It was just been really difficult, but I, I'm, I'm proud of our guys. I'm extremely, um, thankful for their commitment to stay the course uh we have we've won six out of seven we're three and one in the league we played one poor game against liberty here they played well we did not play very well and that's a bad combination but um i think we're trending in the right direction and it's like i've told a lot of people like wow what's been the turnaround so well we've got you know all our guys back and, and most importantly we've been able to practice i mean that that's just that's the most overlooked factor in the equation you have to practice in order to improve Coach, the one thing that we've been fascinated with out of this season and and the schedule that has resulted from the pandemic and everything that's going on are the back-to-backs in conference play and, you know, just that entire concept and, and the effect of that. Like you said, you guys beat Liberty the first time you played and then you turn around and lose to them in game two, you know, it's such an interesting dynamic, I think, playing the same team in consecutive outings. And how does it – I mean, scouting, preparation, <clears throat> the whole thing. I, I know, like you said, you've never seen anything like this, but I would imagine there's so much different as far as that goes. It's really it's really difficult, guys. I, it, it, is, it is actually harder – than I thought it would be, um, and 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 really, it's not the preparation. Um, it's nothing to do with that. It's just the physical part of it uh, was then can bleed into the mental part. Is that you know you're used to playing Thursday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Saturday, whatever it is, and you have a little. Even if you were playing the same team, if you just had roughly 48 hours to recover, um, but the way we're doing it. You're usually usually play at seven on Saturday night and then five on Friday night and five o'clock on Saturday. So you in less than twenty four hours you're playing two games and with a lot on the line. Um, I did not think we handled it very well the first weekend. We played probably one of our better was for sure one of our better games the first night out against Liberty and and the second night out we set basketball back fifty years. We were horrible <laughs> and honestly and honestly the first half they weren't much better than us. Uh, we were just worse than they were. Um, and second half, they hit their stride and they showed why they're so good. But um, I thought we handled it a lot better last weekend. I, I think it's really important to build up going into the game that your guys are fresh. 
um, because you can't look at it as 40 minutes. You almost have to look at it as 80. Um, Just really long halftime. It's tough. I mean, it really is tough because you'll get home, you know, Friday night real late after the game. I mean, you just put a lot into that first game. And, I mean, you're really zapped emotionally and mentally and, more importantly, physically. And then you're up the next morning. You're, you're you know, you're back with your guys, watching film, walk through. And then you're playing again in a game that carries every, much, every bit as much weight as the one that you just played. So um, it, it's going to be really interesting. I thought we benefited from having done it. Uh, one previous weekend, Bellarmine, who we played last weekend, who's new to our league, has been a national power in Division Two. I, I thought they probably, you know, it wasn't as easy for them. Um, they they had not done it, and that's not their fault. They'll be better this weekend at it. So, hopefully, we're you know, this is one of those years you're you're kind of building the bridge as you cross the river, and um, <laughs> you know, it's it's every weekend you're learning, and and I've learned a lot, that's for sure, and and I still have many 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 questions that I don't have the answers to. So. It is really challenging, and we'll we'll play tomorrow night at seven o'clock against North Florida at Allen Arena, and then five o'clock Saturday we do it again. So um, you just have to kind of put everything you have into those twenty-four hours and try to regroup for the next one. Coach, as you said, bounce back at Bellarmine with a seventy-seven, seventy-two, and sixty-five, fifty-eight victories. You've got North Florida tomorrow and Saturday. Continue at home the following weekend against them. Um, Florida Gulf Coast on the 22nd and 23rd. Um, chance to – what does home court mean these days? Well, it, it really the biggest thing it means is familiarity with your shooting background, playing in the gym, play every night, and that you don't have to travel. That That's really about it. Um, you know, we've been to Arkansas. We've been to Tulane. We've been to Cincinnati. And, not, you know, most of those places you go in, there's 15,000, 16,000 people, and there's nobody to game. Uh, we are fortunate enough. We, we are able to let some folks in and, and we've actually, we have amazing support at Lipscomb and they've been great. And, um, you know, we can re- re- let in roughly a thousand, maybe a little bit less. And we, most nights we've been fairly close to that, but they're obviously very spread out in a 5,600 seat arena. Um, but I don't think you have to deal with the crowd as much. And I tell you what happens. And, and I'm a big, big believer in this is that when there's not a huge crowd, I think officiating really levels out. Um, you know, you get on the road somewhere and they get on the, get on the run and it's a big part of the game and that place is full and there's a lot of energy in the building. I mean, human nature is you're not getting that 50-50 call. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your chances of winning on the road are much greater. I, I think for sure home court advantage is much less a factor now than it's ever been, you know, since I've done it. Speaking with uh, Lenny Acuff, Lipscomb men's basketball coach here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Coach, you talk about the back-to-back games being a struggle. Is it also a struggle having to wait six days before you play again? Normally you would play within four or five days, and now you're playing every Friday, every Saturday. That is that break a, a good thing or a bad thing? That is such a great question and point. And, and that's what I told our coaches last week. I said, I feel like it's almost hurry up and wait. You know, you, you, you get, <laughs> right. you, you play those two games and it's all, it's almost like you're coaching football. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got a week to get ready for the next game and, um, it, it just gets long. I mean, I was so glad to get through Wednesday's practice because Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday can get long. Usually don't practice four times in a row at any point during a basketball season once you get into conference play. And uh, like you said, you, you really 
seriously, you almost have six days off because you'll finish Saturday night at seven o'clock. Well, you don't play the next Friday night till seven o'clock. So that's just a long time. And, and again, it's just one of those things I think we're all trying to figure it out. But, but I think it's really important. And <clears throat> I talked to our team about this this week is that we just appreciate the fact that we're getting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, we've played 14 games. There's only three teams in college basketball that have played more games than us, and they played 15. I mean, we've played as much as anybody. And so I'm just real thankful that we can play. I, you know, I, I think all of us realize that, that perfect is out. You know, it's not going to be the way it has been. And if you're going to measure everything that's going on by the way it used to be, you're going to be disappointed every night. We just need to have a thankful spirit and, and just appreciate the fact that we're getting to put on a uniform. And, you know, because there was a time, I mean, we didn't know if we were going to play. And so, we're just thankful we've gotten this far, but, but it's also day to day. I mean, you know, anything we, we're testing three times a week and, you know, when you have one test and it can wipe your whole team out. Yeah. That's, that's been a struggle for, for us, you know, just looking over some of the statistics, you can see where, you know, like a KJ Johnson's only played eight games, whereas, you know, some players have played in all 14 and that sort of thing. And it, it, it really can be a struggle. And speaking of, KJ Johnson, uh, some local flavor as our airwaves easily reach to Lewisburg <laughs> in Marshall yeah. County. Um, he is a, a young sophomore guard who pretty much the, the, the leader on the team, uh, you know, statistically and, uh, doing, doing a lot of good things for your program. Yeah. We're fortunate to have two kids from down your way, you know, mm-hmm. and KJ and Carson, and I'll be glad to talk about both of them and, you know, we start with uh, KJ. You, you know, he's he. First off, I, I can't tell you both those guys, young men, what fantastic young men they are. They have been raised tremendously by their home and their community. Um, their uh, KJ, you know, we didn't have him. He actually was had got COVID the day before we were leaving for our first game, and so he was out. You know, he missed our first eight games. I'm sorry, our first six. I apologize. And we've moved KJ to the point. And, uh, and since he's been back, I mean, you can look at his numbers. They're out of sight. Um, you know, we, we obviously we were eight and six and that's not bad, but I do feel like we probably left two or three games on the table that if we had him would have went a different way. You know, we lost on the last play of the game at Tulane. We're up, uh, at Cincinnati by five, like five minutes to go. And I feel like if we had him in either one of those games, we win those games, but he's had an amazing year. And the reason, He's such a good player that you, all your people down there listening to your show know. But but the thing about it is he, he has such a humility to him, and he really wants to be a good player. He works at being good. Uh, he listens. He's coachable. Um, he's a great teammate. I mean, he I have just enjoyed him and Carson both so much. Um, they're just awesome kids. And, and, and I think KJ's best basketball is way in front of him. Um, I felt like going into our first game before he was – you know, unfortunately, um, you know, was contracted the virus. I thought he was our most improved player from last year to this year. He's gotten stronger and he's gotten stronger because he works and he listens. And um, he, he's just a really good kid and a good player. And I sure am thankful he plays for us. You know, Coach, as you talk about KJ, this is a kid that scored nearly 30 points a game in high school. He has certainly adapted to you know, not having the ball in his hands, not necessarily dominating the offense, averaging 14 and a half for you guys. I would think that that's the transition that as a college coach you were most pleased with seeing him make, that he doesn't have to, um, you know, 
dominate the offense, have the ball in his hands all the time. No, and you look at his stats, guys. You look at his assist to turnover. It's over two to one. Um, you know, look at what he's shooting from three. That was kind of a knockout coming out of high school is how good a three-point shooter was. Well, he's improved both of those because he's worked at it. Um, and he listens. You know, that, that everybody thinks – well, I work hard, but but if you don't if you don't listen to what you're asked to do or how you're coached, it's really hard to make a lot of progress. And KJ is, you know, he, he's not a know it all. He's a, he, he wants to learn it all. I mean, he really he has a humility to him that allows him to improve. So um, I, I'm real proud of him, and I've really enjoyed him and, and and Carson both for sure. You mentioned Carson Carey, um, the all-time leading scorer at Columbia Academy. Um, He's your second leading three-point shooter, 17 of 35, shooting right at 48, 49% from behind the arc. Um, as a non-scholarship player, getting those kind of minutes and, and making that kind of impact, you you got to be pleased. Well, I, you guys are very familiar with Carson. and I tell you, that boy loves Columbia now. Um, <laughs> he loves Columbia. He loves Columbia Academy. and. Uh, I, you know, the first time I, Carson actually came to my elite camp when I was in Huntsville, I knew he was a good player and, you know, he ended up coming to Lipscomb. And so when I was fortunate enough to become the coach here two years ago, got to sit down with him. And, and, and the first thing that jumps out at you is just his character. Um, and it's shown and that's kind of a big part of the story. Um, you know, he did come as a walk on. I, I do think there'll be a point that will change. Um, I think that he is, I mean, he's a division one player. He is an elite, elite shooter. Now, if you ever sit down and talk to Carson, you realize he's a man of few words. So, I don't know if you've had him on your show, but he, he doesn't have a whole lot to say. But he shows up every day in practice, and um, I don't remember him having a bad practice. I really don't. Um, you know, last year he single-handedly was at the forefront of three or four of our wins. I know at Navy, at Tennessee Tech, at Stetson. I mean, we don't win those games, I and mean, he had four or five threes in each of those games, and. And he has really improved as well. The thing that Carson is, he's a lot more athletic than people realize. Um, he actually started four games when our when our two-guard Greg Jones, who's a really good player and a redshirt junior has been in college four years, was out. Um, Carson started and, and played really, really, really well. Um, he did a great job for us. And, um, and he's going to continue to be a huge part of our team. He didn't play as much last weekend in Louisville. It, it was really a unique game that they they played. Their guards were big and they posted them the whole game. So there was a little bit of a tough matchup for him last weekend on that end. But um, you know he's going to be a huge part of what we do. And I mean I, I promise you, every time he shoots it, I think it's going in. I do. I, I just have a ton of confidence in him. And you know, and he just he just produces every day. And his numbers are fantastic. And and I, I think he like KJ. His basket best basketball is way ahead. He's he works at it. He's gotten bigger and stronger. I know he's got. I guess he uh, trains down there with Vincent Yarborough, and um, I mean he's he's really grown as a player. And we're we're real thankful that he's a part of our program. Just an awesome, awesome young man. Coach, when you when you see a Carson Carey, like you said, who who you expect his status to change, but how? And, and you, as long as you've been in this game, you know that recruiting is an inexact science. Everybody says it. But how does this guy not have more offers coming out? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good and fair question. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is everybody looks for that guy that can jump over a building and run down a train. Um, but it's not a track meet. I, I mean, basketball is a dribble, pass, shoot, think, see game. Um, if you can do those things, you can play. Um 
you know, Carson probably didn't pass the eye test out of high school, you know, six one, six two kid that, you know, needed to get a little stronger. But I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It, it happens all the time. And, and, and what you said first is the, the most accurate thing I've heard is about, about recruiting. It's an inexact science. You never know. And, and you really have to do a good job, not only evaluating kids on the floor, but figuring out, you know, is such a difference, guys, in kids that like it and kids mm. that love it. Mm-hmm. There's just such a difference. And, and, you know, every high school coach is going to, you know, that's their kid, and they're going to have a lot of good things to say about them. And I think the question we ask the most is, now, does he really, really love it? And then once they love it, it's your job as a coach, particularly in college when you have them almost on a full-time basis, is to teach them how to live it. You know, teach them to where their diet changes, though their commitment to fitness changes, they the way they approach practice every day. And and, and that, that's what separates kids. It, it really is. It's not so much the ability. Um, and you gotta ha- you have to have a jumping on point. But the thing is, it's just guys that really love it. And, and the thing that Carson has that travels to every level of basketball is he can shoot. <laughs> if, if you can't shoot, it is a really, really, really hard game. You know what? And uh, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, you finish. No, no, and he just has that. I mean, like, you know, we have one of the best mid-major post players in the country, Sana Sajla, and, and Carson just gives him protection. I mean, he just he gives him a huge amount of protection, and that's why you have to keep shooting on the floor. If you can't stretch the floor, the game has just changed so much. Um, it, it makes it really difficult if they don't have to guard you. That's right. You know who else didn't pass the eye test out of uh, high school but uh... – well, became one of the best players you probably have ever coached is Josh Maggot. Yeah. So yeah. you have a history of making players who don't pass the eye test work out in your favor, Coach. So, well, I yeah, you know, I wish I could take credit for that. I, <laughs> you know, Josh has been an amazing player. Played in the NBA, played in the NBA for four or five years. He's actually in Turkey and doing real well and making a ton of money and and you know you're right i mean it's just it's such an inexact science and but but i do you know guys like carson that and and josh that are very skilled um i i just think dribble think past the i mean if you can do that and make shots you got a chance to play and uh you know that that's the kids that that you're happy for a lot of people you know didn't think they were good enough and um, and you know they prove a lot of people wrong, and so I'm I'm thankful to have Carson with us, and I'm thankful that you know we have KJ as well. And I like our team. I, I think we're trending in the right direction. I, this will be a real challenge for us this weekend. I'm sure most of your people aren't familiar with North Florida, but they've been really really good in our league. We actually beat them last year in the conference semifinals on their home court, and they're huge and they play a bit a zone. They really spread out. And you say, well against the zone you're usually gonna get a lot of threes they make it real tough to get up give off threes they they just run you off the three-point line with their size and length so this is a big weekend for us and like you said to start the conversation Maurice we have our next four at home so you know we have a chance to get a little separation here we need to take advantage of it you can catch those games if you are not in the arena on ESPN plus so make sure that you are subscribed to ESPN because that's where you can get a lot of great college basketball games and uh again coach lenny acuff we appreciate your time this morning lipscomb men's basketball coach oh it's my pleasure hey thank you guys for having me and i hope your show keeps doing well i actually spent a year of my life at columbia state junior college
So I'm very, very huh. familiar with Columbia and uh, played basketball there my sophomore year, which was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I love it. That was a good year in my life. So living on top of the hill above the baseball field. Man, and I know, I'm sure you know exactly where I'm talking about. I, we do so, indeed, right there on Casey okay. Lane. Yes, sir. That's right. That's yeah. right. All well, right. hey, I appreciate you guys, and, and thank you for uh, your interest in Lipscomb basketball. Thank sure. you, Coach. Ex-Charger. Right, guys, have a great day. Ex-Charger Lenny A. Cuff. How about that? Didn't didn't see that one coming. T-I-L. Yeah, today T- I learned. Today I learned, sir. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely um, blew through that break, but that's okay. We're going to get to it now. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll talk NFL coaching rumors and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented Bone and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, JP Plant. We're just hanging out here talking NFL coaching rumors now because this is going to be fun. It appears. Is it still a rumor? It appears. <laughs> According to Rap Sheet, and Ian Rappaport is huh? pretty much, yeah, he, he, yeah it, it's it's almost a done deal if Rappaport is is uh, reporting it, which is interesting because I remember when he was a lowly uh, high school writer at the Birmingham News. Yeah, wow. Right? Worked his way up. Well done. <laughs> I mean, like. Right. Now, when you say a lowly, what does that mean? Like I mean, they they were they were at the bottom of the okay. tier at the Birmingham oh, yeah. News. Come, well, I mean, I was just curious what your that's idea typically of. your entry yeah level. entry yeah. level yeah that's and, a better sounding word than lowly. And then <laughs> he went to Miami, I believe, as a beat reporter for the he he worked his way up at Birmingham. Mm-hmm. He covered some college stuff, and then he went to be the Dolphins. Uh, the beat Dolphins? writer, I think. I, I think he oh, covered wow. the Patriots at one time as he, well. He did, but yeah, his so. first no, that was uh that was Izzy Gold that went to be the Dolphins okay. beat writer. Okay. And then, but yeah, I mean, Rap Sheet has literally. I can remember him. Re, I can remember reading his football gamers, high school football That's gamers funny. on Saturday. I think I think Rappaport was covering Alabama when I was covering Tennessee, yeah. or maybe no, 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 no. Vanderbilt. 
That makes more sense. Yeah, in the mid to late 2000s. So, yeah, if Rap Sheet's reporting it, it's probably true. He's probably got it nailed down, yeah. yeah. So. Former national title winning coach Urban Meyer is finalizing a deal to be the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think? Um, here's what I think. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays let's off see, for let's, him. Let's see if it pays off for him. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's Jacksonville. Why not? Why Might as it, well. Why does that guy sound like Mike Epley? <laughs> like, I, or, or why does Mike me. Epley sound like that guy? It just hit me. I'm yeah. like, that mm. sounds like Epley. <laughs> and you can hear Mike Epley on uh, ESPN WK- The Ocho. <laughs> WKOM when Summit plays hoops. But yeah, uh, I, I'm curious. I, we've seen college coaches make the jump and rarely is it successful. I mean, Pete uh, Carroll is, but the thing about Pete Carroll was he was an NFL guy. He he went down to the college ranks and came back and came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it just seems to me for everything that Urban Meyer has done, there's a reason he hasn't coached for what three years. If you believe him, what's the reason? Well, he Art. wants to spend more time with his family. He's had heart issues. Heart He's had uh, whatever. I don't know. Papa I, John's pizza isn't good at Ohio State. I mean, I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> I don't know. He's had success at the collegiate level, obviously. Those guys that he's going to be working with are not 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And like you said, a lot of college coaches, looking at you, Nick Saban, um, didn't exactly get it done on the NFL level. I, I mean, hate, I, I, That annoys me. Nick I'm Saban sorry. went 500 in the NFL. That's not bad when the Miami Dolphins and Dante Culpepper, who was on the back end of his career and hurt for most of the time. Okay, but, but that <laughs> – you help prove my point there because the coaches are basically their own personnel guys at the collegiate level. They go get their talent. Yeah, you're He's right. He's got to win it with somebody else's. Kind of. He did. He did ask for uh, uh, Drew Brees and got shut down. So there's that. If Drew so, Brees goes to Miami, oh, but he's probably still in Al- Miami. Yeah, Nick yeah. Saban's not in Alabama. I can assure you of that. Yeah, and the rotating door <laughs> has continued mm. at the Superdome, probably. So yeah, I mean, you're right. But, but my, my he point knew is, who, he knew who he needed. He couldn't get him. But he wasn't bad. Is my saying? He wasn't Steve Spurrier bad. Right. Nick Nick had NFL. Nick's an NFL guy. I mean, he, the last time the Browns won a playoff game, Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator, folks, for Bill Belichick in the mid-90s. So uh, there are some people who can be successful long-term in the NFL, mm-hmm. but you have to have an understanding of the NFL. Urban Meyer does not have it. I was going to say, does he have any No, no. NFL? I didn't think so. so. To your point, Nick Nick did. Nick had. Yeah, right. and Pete Carroll had. Those um, guys can be successful long-term. Jimmy Johnson, I don't know if he did. Um... No, I think he was. In if Miami, he did, it uh, was it was really long because he was at Oklahoma State before Miami. Oh yeah, he was a college he was a college guy. He didn't I mean, go to the he, NFL until he got the Cowboys, right? Yeah, and that was one hundred. That's an outlier. Well, that was oh, that's an absolute outlier. Yeah, that was one hundred percent personnel, though. I mean, crap, yeah. man, you could have won a couple Super Bowls with that but, group, <laughs> but 
Jimmy Johnson had a lot more say in his personnel Mm -hmm. than, A, some of these other coaches making that jump, and, B, than any other Cowboys coach has had since. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean – that being uh, that's that's the thing is you've got to have control at some level of who one, the most important part is your quarterback. The NFL is a quarterback game. Period. If you don't have control of that, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> funny that you say that because here's your next question: Urban Meyer, former Ohio State coach, who is his quarterback? That's a great question. Is it Trevor Lawrence? He's going to have to lobby real hard to not take Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking like draft day, you know, Vontae Mack, no matter no what matter kind what. of thing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's it, it's going to be important. Or do you use that number one pick to leverage more picks, more players, and go get Justin Fields as your quarterback? I think you could. later in the later in the draft later in the first it depends round. on how much later you're mm-hmm. talking about how much longer how how much past one is Justin Fields going to be on the board that's, that's a good, I don't know I mean he's obviously upped his value with mm-hmm. what he's done recently um, is he a top ten I don't know I haven't yes. I haven't looked at I think if you look at who's drafting in the top ten and I'm not familiar with the draft order as I should be in this conversation but the Jets are two. Are the Falcons three? The uh, Dolphins are three, but they're taking Don, Don okay. Devontae Smith. So, so the Jets aren't taking a quarterback. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. I think they. I think a lot of people are thinking they're going to go uh, quarterback, but I think they should probably go offensive tackle. But that's neither here nor there. Where are the know. Falcons? Because I think the Falcons are four. I think the. I don't know if Justin Fields last passed four. Well, so. Um, I, I was just doing a quick uh, research. I'm at uh, profootballnetwork.com, mm-hmm. and their mock draft from yesterday, or actually from four hours ago. Four hours ago. That's pretty recent. Uh, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Carolina Panthers projected trade with the New York Jets, Justin Fields. Ooh, so, And so. I don't understand why you would go get Justin Fields when you have Teddy Bridgewater. If you have it, and I think I think I think Arizona really changed the thinking on this when they had Josh Rosen and they went and got Kyler Murray. I think if you have a chance to get a franchise quarterback, you get him whether you have one or not. Yeah, if you believe that that's the guy, you, you go all in. Well, and and you're less reluctant to say, well, we just drafted a quote franchise quarterback last year. You see what that got you because you're in position to get one again. That's right. Well, so put it this way. I used to read PFF.com. I don't – after reading this, I probably will never read them again. They got Miami taking Justin Fields at three. When they've already got Fitzmagic and Tua Tua. on the roster. That's insane. That's not happening. That's a typo. No, he said, it's not that I don't have faith in Tua becoming a franchise quarterback. I think Justin Fields has a better chance of becoming one. I don't necessarily disagree with that. And then they have the Falcons not taking Devontae Smith as the first wide receiver. They're going with Jamar Chase at LSU. These people are nuts. 
So let's get off their website. <laughs> I mean, I think Jamar Chase, from a physical standpoint, you know, he fits the mold. Yeah, he does. Better. I still think it would be a mistake. I agree with you, but I can understand the idea that the Falcons would do that. So, but, I mean, again, former Ohio State court coach, former Ohio State quarterback. Is is there some synergy there? Does, so, does see, that happen? I, I don't know. Um, CBS has Justin Fields going 12. 12? Yeah, because they have Zach Wilson from BYU going to the Falcons. Um, that sounds very Falconish. <laughs> well, to your point about Devontae Smith, where I am, Pro Football Network, they have uh, Jamar Chase going at um, number six to the Eagles. They have Jalen Waddle going 11 to the Giants. Then they have Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins traded uh, from trade with San Francisco at 12. So not only Jamar Chase before Devontae, but his own teammate Waddle. Who's coming off an injury. Coming off an injury. Well, but it's obviously he can play. Well, was he was he not limping some Monday night though? Yeah, but at the I end mean, of the game, yeah. But cr- no, he limped after the first catch. But oh, he did. <laughs> uh, he, I thought he was. I, I didn't. Couldn't believe he was walking. But the fact that he was able to do what he did at all on that ankle is pretty impressive. Now, this has completely gotten off topic because we were not talking mock drafts. Um, <laughs> we were talking coaching rumors. But and I, here's I the think thing. I think they're they kind of go hand in hand. Well, here, and it is you're right because here's what I'm thinking with the Falcons, their draft pick is predicated on who, who their coach choose, is. Who's their coach? And right now, I, I I mean there there is a list of you know 10 people it could be arthur smith it could be um i mean it it could be nathaniel hackett it could be todd bowles i tell you who it should be eric bien Mm-hmm. but as we've seen apparently there are issues yeah apparently there are issues with him being a member of andy reed's coaching tree I think a lot of that is smokes. Well, smoke screening. I don't think he interviews well. I don't know that when he gets into the interview room that he can explain Andy Reid's offense. And that is the coaching tree that we're getting. Because I think Andy Reid is the best part of the Andy Reid offense. That being said, you would hope so. I also, I also <laughs> Doug, think Doug Peterson would like a word. I also think that the that Andy Reid probably doesn't include his offensive coordinator in everything, uh, and I am confused about that. Like I said. Doug Peterson was an offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. All he did was win a cha- uh, Super Bowl with the Eagles and get fired three years later. But. You know, I I could I could see Andy Reid um, with that type of um, internal knowledge that it's kind of a feel. 
it's hard sometimes with those types of things to express or teach or put down on paper what it is you're thinking and and so and so there may be some truth to that 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 Andy Reid's offense is predominantly Andy Reid and and if you don't have his way of thinking you may not be able to fully do what he does you know and to be fair I've I've made the comment that you know as hot as Arthur Smith is he's not going to have Ryan Tannehill and and Derrick Henry wherever he goes you know Eric Bieniemy isn't going to have Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. either but he could but at but in Atlanta he could have Matt Ryan and I don't think that's necessarily bad I've said it before I think Atlanta as they are currently constructed is the closest to being a playoff team of any of the head coaching vacancies right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, JP, I did want to go back to your point of your, your question about trading the number one pick. No, they do not want to do that because they already have 11 picks this draft. They don't need any more. <laughs> so, and the highest cap room of anybody. So the Jaguars are in a position to build a playoff team. But like you said, the Falcons are the most playoff ready. Matt Ryan's the most underrated quarter. Matt Ryan and, and Matt Stafford are probably the two most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, and then you've got Julio Jones. You've got Julio. You've got Ridley. Um, Why do you think Matt Ryan's underrated uh, by Falcons but, but, fans? Well, because you well when you look in that division and you see Brady and you see Breeze and you have seen Cam Newton and uh, and, and Falcons Ryan, fans trash ryan way too often so they don't appreciate matt Ryan. they don't appreciate okay the falcon fans don't appreciate ryan i don't think the league appreciates ryan i think he is he and matt stafford get a a raw end of the deal well at least matt ryan has won and has won an mvp but Uh, the fact that matt um, stafford hasn't won isn't his fault (laughs) true partially yeah no <laughs> poor matt yeah uh, you i agree he hadn't had a lot matt, of help matt stafford is archie manning 2.0 yeah that's exactly right so yeah anyway let's take a break and we'll keep this conversation up on the other side of yeah it because i I'm, I'm really having fun with this one this is southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint stay tuned Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195.
to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Chris Yalmo, Pat, and JP Plant with you here. Final segment of the day. All right. I'm just going to do this really quick. Here's how we're going to do this. All right. I'm on your I'm on your website, JP, profootballnetwork.com. What happened to that other website you yeah. were on? PFF? Yeah. No. All right. Atlanta Falcons confirmed head coach interviews. Arthur Smith, Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, Packers OC. Raheem Morris, who is the current interim coach at uh, Atlanta. Robert Saleh, uh, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. And Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Bucks defensive coordinator. Those are their confirmed head coach interviews. They they have no... Um, plans or requests they have no requests out to anyone else else currently uh potential candidates according to this website brandon staley the rams dc and brian dable uh which would be hilarious of that list who are you hiring i already told you it'd be eric Bianami. who are you hiring Mm. Uh, yeah i don't know a whole lot about these guys uh i'll i'll take mo's word he's a falcons guy eric Bianami. I think I, I think it should be B enemy. I don't think that's who they're going to hire, though. I don't think it is either. All right, Detroit Lions confirmed head coach interviews. Arthur Smith, Titans OC. Uh, Daryl, is it Bevel? Bevel. Bevel, he's the interim coach. Dan Campbell, who is the uh, assistant head coach for the Saints and tight ends coach. B enemy, Marvin Lewis, mm. and Robert Saleh. They've also requested Todd Bowles. Uh, potential head coach candidates, according to this, Don Wink Martindale, who's the Ravens DC, and Pat Fitzgerald mm. out of Northwestern. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> All right. So of that list, Arthur Smith, uh, Bevel, Campbell, Marvin Lewis, and Soleil. I would love to see Marvin Lewis. I don't think it'll happen. I could see Arthur Smith in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them hiring Arthur Smith. It'd certainly be interesting. Um, well, I think the question there becomes, who is your quarterback? I mean, is Stafford back? Does he retire? Does he get traded? You know, Go home, Matt. Just go home. I'd love to just see him get to a playoff with somebody. I would, too. Or go, go somewhere where they can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Uh, I, I think they probably should hire Lewis, but uh, I, I, it, I don't know. I would rather see Marvin Lewis in Houston, uh, even though he would come to our division. Yeah. And he has interviewed with the Texans along with Joe Brady and Jim Caldwell. Here's my, Jim Caldwell has confirmed interview for the Houston Texans. Hire him. <laughs> hey, Houston, hire Jim Caldwell. No, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Slow your roll. Because, again, as a Titans fan – do you want to see Jim Caldwell twice a year again? Especially if Deshaun Watson stays. And if they hire Jim Caldwell, he probably would. Yeah, you're right. So. They have requested interviews from David Culley, uh, Ravens assistant, Eric Bieniemy, Sparta native, David Culley. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, Leslie Frazier and Tim Kelly. Oh, wow. So. Okay. I'm wondering whose radar Doug Peterson's going to pop up on. Uh, nobody's right now. Really? Um, as far as the Rooney rule is concerned, the the Jaguars interviewed Bienemy, Raheem Morris, and Robert Saleh. So that's definitely not a Rooney rule violation. Apparently not. Um, we know who that's going to be. 
The Chargers have interviewed Arthur Smith, Brandon Staley, uh, who is the Rams' defensive coordinator, but whatever, Brian Dable, Jason Garrett, Mm -hmm. and Joe Brady. That's amazing to me, Jason Garrett. Um, Yeah. So, is is Joe Brady going to be a head coach next year? Sounds like it. Uh, He's He's interviewed with everybody. He's impressing somebody. And I, and I don't necessarily understand how because it's not like Carolina burned it up this year. Yeah, I, I would I would imagine that it's all based on the LSU. LSU? Yeah. I mean, he had an NFL roster. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess on that basis, and maybe you ought to be a, hiring Sarkeesian. Or, or Jerron. Well, we know who the offense was. I mean, as they were bad without Brady. And they were really good with him. The Jets have interviewed Aaron Glenn, Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, Brandon Staley, Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, Marvin Lewis, um, Matt Eberflus, Eberflus from the Colts defensive coordinator, and Robert Saleh. Um, Aaron Glenn's a former Jet. Potential potential head coaching candidate is Doug Peterson. They have not tried to interview him though, so. Um, they've got everybody on their roster uh, potential. I mean, from the so. ones they've interviewed so far, and what is that, nine already interviewed or ten and a bunch, six more? Um, well, they've had more time. <laughs> Philly, Philly has interviewed Gerard Mayo, Patriots inside linebackers coach. Kellen Moore. XUT. Yeah. Linebacker Gerard Mayo. Wow. Uh, Kellen okay. Moore, Robert Saleh, and Todd Bowles. So they're definitely looking for somebody who's a defensive guy outside of Kellen Moore, potentially. Yeah. Um, Boy, has Boise, Boise State hired a coach yet? I think more turned I them down. Don't know. Um, I'm just curious. We have how many coaching vacancies right now? Seven. Seven. We know the there's one that's hired. Mm-hmm. Of the six, does Bienemy and Marvin Lewis get a job? Do do they end up as head coaches? I think the NFL better hope so. I just I, I'm just curious. I I'll be interested to see those two, and I'll be interested to see Joe Brady if after one year as an offensive coordinator in in Carolina, which give him a break because his Mister Do It All Everything was hurt mm. for half the year, so I give him a little bit of a pass there. And Teddy well, Bridgewater ain't exactly. Um, Joe Burrows. Okay, well, that's fine. Let's wait until he shows you what he can do with those folks. If you're him, are you going to? Are you going to wait? No, you're not. So, I don't blame him. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We'll probably keep talking about this as they continue to hire football coaches in the National Football League. So, really excited. Appreciate you guys down in Winchester and uh, Cowan hanging out with us today in Franklin County. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. For Mo Patton, J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yow. Stay cool, Columbia. Cool,